Well, hello there, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person. On this edition of The Conversation, we're talking with Lucy Caldwell, Public Safety Information Officer with the Fairfax County Health Department. And our topics today include, obviously, the Health Department and COVID-19, but we're also going to talk about public health messaging and Lucy's unique perspective on communications because of her background in public safety and health communication. Lucy, thanks for being on the County Conversation podcast. Well, thanks so much. It's nice to be here. Nice to have you. Um, We will dive into this unique background and what it brings to you in your current position and how you view things, but want to update on COVID-19. We're talking here on December 1st. Where we stand in Fairfax County right now with COVID-19 and what's going on? Well, unfortunately, we still are at the substantial level of transmission out there in the community and in the region. And we really try to communicate that level of transmissibility on a regional basis because, as you know, we all live, work, and play right, around the region. Yeah. Absolutely. And our friends and our children and our grandparents <laughs> and everybody else really um, does travel around and goes to restaurants and things are opening up. So people right. are traveling all around the region. So we have to look at it regionally rather than just Fairfax County. Right. What's the, uh, this may be a redundant question or you may think it feels like a redundant answer. What's the message right now for everybody? The message is to make sure you get your booster. Um, A lot of people have been paying attention, of course, to the new variants that they're talking about over Thanksgiving weekend. We saw the new variant in the news uh, constantly, and it's still in there, um, the Omicron. So the best thing that any of us can do is to make sure that we get that booster and try to limit the transmission of this virus out okay. into the community. So whether it's Omicron or, you know, which is not here yet in Virginia, nor is it um, here in the U.S. as far as we know, but they are looking for it. And that's our Virginia State Lab, the CDC, and all the labs are on the lookout, not only for the Omicron, but for any other uh, variant of right. concern. And the World Health Organization has labeled that particular variant as one of concern. And, you know, in public health, it's it's interesting, and people have had to learn a whole new language, really. And uh, we have people who are paying close attention out there in, the, um, in our communities. Our residents are looking at our dashboards. We're trying to be as transparent as possible. We want people to know what's going on, and so they can talk to their friends and neighbors and children and uh, social groups to make sure that they're all taking the precautions they need to take. Right. And really that top precaution right now is to make sure you're vaccinated and make sure you're boosted if you've already gotten the two vaccines. And all the specifics are on the website about that, right. on where you can go to get vaccinated, how you can make your appointment. Um, another issue, of course, is getting your kids vaccinated. Um, last month, it's been about a month now, that ages 5 to 11... Uh, children were able to be vaccinated. And here in Fairfax County, in the health district, we've seen 33% as of today are vaccinated. And 89% 
of kids ages 12 to 17. So wow. those are pretty good numbers. Yeah. But we still got a ways to go. Right, especially so, in the 33. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, there are many opportunities and many spots that people can go to get their kids vaccinated, including uh, if you have a child, they don't need to be a Fairfax County Public School uh, student. They could be homeschooled. They could go to private school. But we have many clinics that we're holding at the schools. These are school-located clinics that are out in neighborhoods, and we are updating those even today. We had five more clinics that we added. So we hope that people will pay attention to those, and we're trying to reduce as many barriers as we can possibly reduce right. um, to get people to go get their students vaccinated. Because the more people we have vaccinated, obviously, the you reduce the chance for spread right. of the virus. And where are we at on masking? Is that still important? And social distancing, are we still encouraging that? We still are uh, masks in public spots. When there are people around and you're indoors, that's uh, that's the rule for now is we're encouraging that. And I've seen that, you know, we've all seen that some stores and some locations don't have a sign up. Right. But we would still encourage that as a public health best practice when you're indoors um, in public spaces to go ahead and keep that mask on. Of course, we hope, you know, this won't be forever. And <laughs> Seems it, like it, though. <laughs> it does. It feels like it. But we've seen so many changes. And with each change that comes, um, that involves a whole new set of communications and a whole new set of messaging. But what we're trying to do, really, from the public health perspective, is just encourage people to get vaccinated and take public health precautions. Keep washing those hands, thorough hand washing. Make sure that when you're around people, if you're able to social distance, if you don't have a mask on, it's always a good idea. It was a good idea before COVID, and it's a good <laughs> right. idea now. Right. Well, and we've got a couple of phone numbers here I want to pass out. 703-324-7404, 703-267-3511. Those are call centers that the health department is operating uh, that you can call if you have any questions about the vaccines or any coronavirus questions, et cetera. Call one of those two numbers and you can get some assistance via phone. Uh, end, of the, end of the show, we'll also throw out a, a text number or, and that type of thing where you can get more information by text. But before we move off the COVID subject, if you do want more information, just go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash COVID-19. That's got a lot of information there as well on the, on the COVID. It's kind of a one-stop online resource, if you will. I want to kind of transition into what our main topic today is, because I, I wanted to have you on the show today because, again, of your unique background. I just find it very interesting that you've been with Virginia State Police, Fairfax County Police, the Virginia Department of Health, Community Services Board, as well as now with the Fairfax County Health Department. So a lot of experience with public safety agencies, but also the health agencies. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you right now in your position at the health department? Does that kind of give you a broad perspective on how you need to try to communicate messages and, and talk to the public? Well, I think so. Okay. I, I think that working in public safety where time and communicating messages is critical and it's essential and you've got to get those messages right. Yeah. You've got to get them out and you have to figure out ways to get them to be heard by the people you're trying to reach. And so I do think that working in the uh, police um, field, both for the state and local departments, 
as well as um, the Fairfax Falls Church Community Services Board, um, which was a organization that really worked to um, stem at some of the root causes of the problems that you see in the public safety world. Mm-hmm. In other words, so many people who fall into a life um, of crime may have substance use disorder or may have a, you know, another type of issue that's affecting them through their addiction right. or their mental health state. They may have a mental illness. One in five people do. And so certainly working three and a half years for the CSB gave me a really excellent background um, in mental health and disorders and looking at trauma and working with Fairfax County with the Trauma-Informed Community Network and uh, so many other organizations and uh, groups that are part of Fairfax County and just listening to people, listening to people who call and have questions and trying to help them uh, get what they need and get the resources they need. That's really been the most rewarding uh, part of my career is being able to help people who need it. Mm -hmm. And frankly, um, you know, whether whatever the vehicle is to get the message out, whether it's the news media, which, of course, uh, in the early days of my career, that's what it was primarily back in the 90s. But as things have changed, we've changed how we've communicated here in Fairfax County, as well as, you know, around around the world with uh, making sure that everything we're saying is accurate and timely. And we always talk about actionable. What do we want people to do with the information that we're sharing and to make sure that we're highlighting that action? It could be go get a COVID test. It could, you know, when you think about now and you think about today, it could be learn more about the variants. It could be, um, you know, get information in other languages. And I'm really uh, thankful that we have the resources here and have continued to grow in how we're communicating and how we're targeting our messaging and targeting our information to people who need it. Here at the health department, we have wonderful people who are part of an outreach team. Mm -hmm. Our outreach team is going into communities and reaching people where they are. They're not, um, you know, we're not just putting out information on the website and expecting people to find it. We're actually connecting and going into communities. And I think that um, out of the, you know, so many terrible things that have happened because of COVID, the ability to make connections and build relationships and build partnerships has been really important for public health and for other organizations in the years ahead. Um, in the day where COVID is a memory uh, for many of us. Right. On that outreach team, you've got um, lots of different languages spoken by those team members that can reach those targeted communication communities, if you will. They do. It's not only the languages, it's the cultural context of Mm. the messaging because it changes. Um, It could be a part of, for example, South America, what section and area of South America you're from, or it could be a part of Mexico or a part of Africa. Um, it could be, you know, anywhere around the world. Here in Fairfax County, we've got a, such a diverse, rich population of cultures. And so this is this outreach team and the ability to hire people to connect with people in different cultures has just been extraordinary. And uh, there's a lot of stories to tell. And 
I think that telling those stories, in other words, not preaching to people, not telling them do this, do that, but really helping people understand and connect. Um, that's sort of the way I look at uh, some of communications is to try to look for ways to reach people. You know, that's another thing that's happened in the recent years is that we've been able to reach people using different tools, such as the Nextdoor app. And we reach people through the Nextdoor in their neighborhoods. And that's a really important place because, unfortunately, as we've seen, um, news media, there are fewer newspapers. Um, some are online, but people get tired of reading screens and they get tired of looking at screens. So we're trying to figure out ways that um, we can get important information to people in the, at the right time, when they need it, right. where they need it, so they can share it with their friends and neighbors. Right. We're talking with Lucy Caldwell on the County Conversation podcast. She is the Public Safety Information Officer with the Fairfax County Health Department. We're talking about communications with health messages. You talked about things changing over the past decade or so. You didn't specifically say social media, but we, I think we all knew what you were talking about with the advent of social media and how it, it's forcing us to look at communicating differently. But we were just talking about the outreach teams and communicating in different languages. Do you see that as an, one of the biggest challenges that you've seen over the past several years? I do think that reaching people from whoever they are, wherever they're from, in a way that will connect and will resonate with them to take actions. Um, you know, for example, whether it's don't drive today, there's, you know, smog in the air right. or, you know, whatever it might be. That um, call to action. Yeah, that call to action. Um, it's how we're reaching people and I think being trusted. So it's not only about being, you know, fast on social media, but it's making sure you're accurate and making sure that you're communicating in a way that shows that you care. And, you know, in the communications world, it's, it's about empathy. And, and you actually have to feel that empathy. It's got to be genuine. And I've been very, very fortunate in my career to be a person who uh, is a listener. And I've listened to the um, people that I've worked for. And those are the heroes, the public safety heroes. And these are the people who... You know, they're a dispatcher or communications operator in the public safety center, right. um, asking them questions, talking to the people who are staffing our call center now, asking them, what are you hearing? What are people concerned about? And really trying to tailor that communication to what the concerns are. And um, so it is much of the negative that you see and say about social media. There's also that social media listening that's helpful to us as communicators in making sure that we're getting these messages out in a right. way that people can hear them, understand, and if necessary, take action. Well, if you think about it, it's it's kind of simple. If you listen to what people are saying and the questions they have, that then helps you develop the message that you need to say. Absolutely. So it makes sense. Yeah. We're not just taking a message from somewhere and pulling it out right. of the air. Jamming it down somebody's throat. Right. We want to listen. And um, and I think that sort of that's the future of communications, too. It's about engagement and engagement, of course, with our um, community and the outreach teams, but really figuring out other ways to engage and to, to make sure that the voices are being heard of the people who for whatever reason, might not feel comfortable logging on to a community meeting 
or attending a board of supervisor meeting in person, um, how are we going to engage residents and with whom? One of the ways I think is partnerships. And even here in public health, I've only been here since July, but it's been wonderful to reconnect with my partners in public information offices from the different county agencies and listening to them and finding what is the public health angle in each of these issues. Because believe it or not, public health is everywhere and it's in our lives everywhere. And I'm really excited to be here to remind people of what the public health safety messages are, um, whether it's mosquito season or tick season, you know, right now we don't have to worry quite as much about it, but it's coming and figuring out new ways to get people to listen and take public safety action so they can avoid Lyme disease and other tick-borne illnesses. So it's an exciting time to be in communications and to look at the different tools and to uh, figure out ways to connect with people. And I think to listen with an open mind right. um, to people, you know, who there are taxpayers, right? They're, they're the people who live here. Figure out ways of doing that listening. Right. And whether it's, hey, give me a call or send me an email or, you know, go to the Board of Supervisors members because they do reach out with us and they connect with us, our elected officials. And I think um, just making sure that people feel comfortable doing that and that they feel they have a trust. Right. And, um, and I sh- certainly hope that through this pandemic, people do know how hard all the county government agencies and employees are working because this, this has been a huge challenge. And I've seen that um, in, in many good ways right. and good things that have come out of it, um, despite so much trauma and so much tragedy for so many. I want to throw a term out at you, risk communications, mm-hmm. probably something very hot, very big early in your career. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure we've heard so much about risk communications lately. But the important tenets of that, which I think we've been talking about right. all through this conversation, what does risk communication mean to you? Risk communications really has its foundation in public health. And there's doctors, if anybody listening wants to check them out, <laughs> uh, Vince Cavello and Peter Sandman. I would say that those are the two founders, really, of risk mm-hmm. communication and really um, did an amazing job. And throughout the pandemic, you saw time and time again where risk communications was used sometimes successfully mm. and sometimes not. And it's really about trying to communicate what the risk is to the general public and how you communicate when people are upset and they're anxious and they might not be hearing things right. uh, the way they would if they weren't so and upset. And probably can't process everything. Right. right. So how do you do that? And there are specific tenets. And part of that I mentioned earlier is empathy, mm. making sure that you're communicating empathy, that you're listening and that you care um, and about whatever that situation might be. Right. So I think when people, uh, as the old expression goes, they have to know that you care before they care what you know. And so that's where you start. And then you go into your key messages, which typically um, science says that you should have three. Mm. And the most important message first the second message, um, not quite as important. And then the third message, very important. So mm. we do try to think about how we're communicating, what we're communicating, and when we're communicating it 
to make sure that it's at the right time. And again, with social media, because things, uh, we live in, in an Amazon world, right? right. You order right some, it's amazing. You order <laughs> something. I mean, I'm astounded, you know, at 3 p.m. and it's there at 11 p.m. at right. your house. Right. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever it is, shampoo or whatever <laughs> you might be ordering. But that is the expectation people mm-hmm. have now of government too. Mm. So how are we as government communicators going to communicate that? That, you know, are we trying to meet that demand? And if we are, what are we doing to, to get there? Right. If we're not, if that's probably not something we're going to be able to do so that we'll be trusted, then what are we going to do instead? And I think just having that open door and continuing to listen and communicate um, with the partners so people are hearing the same message, especially when it comes to public health um, and public safety, um, from all the different publics that they listen to, whether it's their house of faith or their school, their principal, um, wherever it might be. So we're all on that same message and that people aren't confused about what actions they might need to take. Right. Before we conclude and wrap up, uh, social media, uh, give you a chance to plug the health department, some social media channels, sources of information, that type of thing. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we're getting ready. We're excited. We started uh, <laughs> We started our Instagram account just about a year ago, in, uh, mm-hmm. last November, and we're doing some fun things with Instagram. And we've got uh, some neat staff and some volunteers that are helping us out, really trying to appeal to people who are a couple decades younger than I am. And um, we're really trying to do a good job with that and look at, again, ways to engage through social media and uh, get people interested in public health, whether it's uh, public health tenants and what we're doing or as a career, possibly. Um, I think public health is on the map now and it's in the eyes of the public. So what does local public health mean and what do we do? What is a day in the life like? There's a lot of communications that's going to be coming uh, here while we're still experiencing COVID and post-COVID. So get ready. We're having public health on the map. Right. So health department, not only on Instagram, but obviously, of course, on Twitter as well as Facebook, the normal social media channels, YouTube, et cetera, those type of places. Fairfax County government channel, I think, has a lot of the health um, videos on the YouTube channel. One thing that kind of popped in my mind as you were talking about that, health um, personnel have not traditionally been thought of as first responders. But, That's right. But the county government and FEMA, the national level, kind of started this thought that really health people are first responders uh, kind of well before COVID. And I think COVID has kind of shown that really health professionals are first responders. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, they're absolutely first responders. They're on call, just like right. the fire and police and sheriffs and Department of Emergency Management. And uh, they operate with a um, systems command operation. So I would absolutely agree with that statement. And um, I think that the COVID response and the continued response has also shown that. Right. If you want to get more information about what Fairfax County has going on with the COVID and COVID-19 response, go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash COVID-19. Uh, you can also email ffxcovid at fairfaxcounty.gov. 
And I mentioned earlier that there are two call centers the health department has operating. You can call about COVID-19 vaccines as well as just general questions about the coronavirus, 703-324-7404 or 703-267-3511. Lucy, in the last half minute that we have left, I'll just open the mic up to you. Any final thoughts from you before we wrap up today? I just appreciate uh, being here and uh, you asking us to talk about public health and talk about communications and um, have always really appreciated the opportunity to be able to highlight the the men and women who work in public safety, no matter what their role. It really has been an honor and I'm happy to be here and continuing to do that in the public health arena. Thanks for being here. Lucy Caldwell with us on this edition of the County Conversation. Thanks to her for being here. Thanks to you for joining us. If you want more Fairfax County news, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov news. Or if you'd prefer a phone call, dial 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. And that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us on the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.